friends, and welcome back to the wonderful world of Mixology, the podcast where we discuss, discover, and dissect mono and stereo differences on classic albums from the 60s. And today, we're spending some time in June 1967 with Small Faces and their second LP, Small Faces. Now, this presents a slight bit of confusion. This is the second self-titled album by the group, but their first on the immediate label. So, thus, it's often referred to as the immediate album. I simply categorise it small faces in brackets immediate, but either way, it's a wonderful, wonderful album, and today we're going to be taking a look at its 14 tracks from its original UK track listing. It is worth noting that it was issued early in 1968 in the US, with only half of the tracks in the UK version and the other five songs all coming from non-LP tracks, which makes both versions of the album utterly essential in my eyes, though of course I do wish that the US version was issued in mono again for those non-album tracks. But we digress. This album was released on the 23rd of June 1967 on the newly created Immediate label and was recorded between October 1966 and April of 1967. The first album by the group to be entirely composed of original tracks, this is a real breakthrough for the group. While a lot of the tracks are quite short and the running time still clocks in at little over half an hour for 14 songs, it really shows growth from the original R&B sound of the group and delves into all sorts of genres such as R&B, garage rock, pop, beat, and of course a little bit of psych as well. But let's not waste any more time, shall we? And let's dig straight into opening cut, Tell Me Have You Ever Seen Me? Interestingly, a version of this track was issued on the Decca Only in the beginning compilation LP a few months earlier, and this version is obviously different and we won't be looking at it here as it's a different take. But it also works out as the closing track on the US version of the album, which is a little bit strange. But with that out of the way, let's start right at the beginning and the track fades up with an opening drum introduction, I suppose, and the stereo fades up a couple of beats sooner than the mono. Let's listen to the beginning of the track first in mono and then again in stereo where we get a little bit of a, I don't know, distant introduction, shall we say. You have to pay very close attention, but the difference is definitely there. So, mono first. And again in stereo. The main body of the track is pretty close between the two mixes. I will say it's probably one of the best stereo mixes on the album, as there's a few wonky ones we'll encounter, but here everything feels kind of in its place. Just to compare, let's start with the mono mix and we'll move graciously into the stereo. Into stereo. The mono has a longer fade, compensating for the slightly shorter fade up at the intro. Let's start naturally with the stereo and move into the mono. Mono. 
track two is another Marriott Lane composition, Something I Want to Tell You. And the mono has an extra breath before the first drum hit in the track. Let's hear that briefly in stereo first, and then again in mono where this extra breath is, well, audible, shall we say. I got and again in mono. I got something I At 33 seconds into the track, in the stereo, the piano enters in in the center channel, and here it is mixed significantly louder than it is in the mono version. This does then re-enter throughout the rest of the track, but maybe due to the additional elements coming into the mix, it doesn't feel quite so dominant there, though certainly it still remains louder than in the mono counterpart. Let's hear that section first in mono, and then again in stereo, where that piano jumps right out at you. Again in stereo. And at the end, the stereo has an ever so slightly longer fade, just a brief one, of course. Let's start with the mono and move to the stereo. Stereo. Track three is the all too brief feeling lonely, and the mono starts with what sounds like the very tail end of a counting compared with the stereo, which lacks this. It's more like you get the E of the three, shall we say. Let's hear that first in stereo, and then again in mono. And again in mono. The vocal is definitely louder and also drier in the stereo mix. They both have a lot of reverb on the vocal, but the mono definitely feels bigger. And while this could be down to the mix, I certainly feel that it's more dominantly in there. Let's start with the mono and move into the stereo. Into stereo. At the end of the track, the mono fades out at a natural point, while the stereo has a little bit extra after that final drum hit, and you can distantly hear someone say, good. Let's hit that first in mono with the intended fade out, and then again in stereo with a little bit extra. And again in stereo. Our little instrumental track, Happy Boys Happy, is up next, and this is a quick breeze pass, as the stereo is just a slightly reprocessed mono. I'm assuming this is due to a lack of overdubs, there's no essential reason why this should only receive a mono mix, but rather that it should be a single track recording, and thus could not be processed into stereo. As a result, let's move swiftly along to track 5, Things Are Going To Get Better. Here, the mix is very identical between the two in my opinion, but the vocals are maybe just a hair louder in stereo when compared with the mono. Naturally, let's compare the body of the tracks now, starting with the mono and moving into the stereo. 
hysteria. Times change better later than never. And of course, we get a slightly longer fade, this time in stereo, but just by a hair. Mono naturally coming first. Stereo. Up next is track six, My Way of Giving. And here we have a pretty notable difference in that the stereo generally just runs slower than the mono. While of course there's usually a difference in tape transfer speed between mixes as the nature of using tape. On this CD, which is the 2012 Charlie CD, the tracks for the most part are pretty similar in speed. Not identical of course, but similar while this track is the only one with a real significant difference, so it feels like it's naturally baked into the mix. This is something we'll notice immediately as we look at our next difference, as it creates such a different change of tone that obviously you'll notice it anyway. But our main mix difference here is that the backing vocal channel, whichever track on the master it's on, appears less compressed in stereo when compared with the mono. The ad-libs near the end are louder, but the dullibeb backing vocals in the second verse are notably quieter. Let's start with the vocals in the second verse first, compare these in mono and then in stereo, and then we'll do the same again with the ad-libs near the end. So, doodlybeb first in mono. Again in stereo. Although I'm not a guy who means to hurt, and if at times it seems our love won't work, I'll tell you, honey, you must realize and see confusion in my crowded eyes. And now for the ad libs at the end, and remember, keep an eye out for that speed difference. Once again, we'll start with the mono. And again in stereo. Closing outside one is the psychedelic tinged green circles and the title says it all really. The vocals panned off to the right are notably dry in stereo and compared with the mono, but those vocals panned over to the left seem to have the echo baked into the mix, meaning those are identical, at least to me, in both mixes. Let's hear a section of this, first in mono, and then we'll move into the stereo where this changes up with the say, vocals in the right dryer and left just as wet. And with the rain, a stranger came, his eyes were sweet with love and love and Again, in stereo. And with 
notably to me is that the backing track, which is panned into the center channel, appears to be processed in a different way between the two mixes. Maybe with some fake stereo processing going on for some re-EQ in the stereo, I'm not too sure, but this is especially noticeable on the drums. Let's listen to the fill into the final section, where the stereo has a much more metallic sound, while the mono sounds like, well, what you might expect a 1967 recording to sound like. Let's hear that first in mono and then again in stereo. And again in stereo. Now the outro is where this really changes up as there's definitely some psychedelic effects being played but almost live to the mix. Going by my notes at the very least, I've put the outro is mixed weirdly in stereo. It starts in reprocessed stereo which then corrects when the drums enter. This fade is then far longer in stereo as the processing is applied randomly with additional panning. The mono just features phasing over this section, but it sounds a bit more like a bit breakdown if you like, almost a more modern sound like someone's processed it to kind of break down if that makes sense. To really get a feel for this, especially for that fake stereofying and all the other effects, let's hear both these in their entirety. We'll start again with the drum fills I just played so you can get a feel for that and play them out till the end. Starting with the mono and then again in the slightly less satisfying but equally psychedelic stereo. And again in stereo. After that mammoth trek, we flip the LP over to Become Like You. And in the intro and stereo, you can hear a brief wet guitar signal over in the left-hand channel. This is either inaudible in the mono or buried. Either way, it's something you can hear in the stereo, but not in the mono. So let's give it a little listen quickly. Here's the stereo and pay attention for it over in the left and then again in mono. and again in mono. Through the body of the track, there's two differences I want to highlight. The first of these is that the lead vocal appears to be wetter in mono. This could just be my ears, but it definitely feels like something I wanted to bring up. At the same time, the track that is panned off to the left-hand channel, which features a few different bits of instrumentation, appears generally to be louder in stereo when compared with mono, but again, this could be due to the separation. Let's punch right in and pay attention to the wetness of the lead vocal and the volume of the left-hand channel. 
starting with the stereo and then moving into the mono. Would I know just where I was at? Into mono. Would my brains be where I sat? Where I sat? Where I sat? Where I sat? Now the outro of the track, especially the piano, is mixed very differently in stereo and compared with the mono, with the piano entering louder earlier and overall sounding drier. Let's hear that completely in stereo first and then again in mono where the piano is at times absent. Hello there, playing it again. And again in mono. Hello, there, playing it again. <laughs> we move along now to my favourite track on the album, and probably my favourite Small Faces track, full stop, and that is the fantastic get yourself together. Now overall there isn't too much of a specific mix difference occurrence in this track, but there's definitely a difference in the general processing of the master. The mono definitely feels more compressed, especially the intro which has less of a dynamic shift from the intro to the main body of the track, and to me the vocals which are panned off left and right feel a little softer in stereo and compared with mono, but again this could just be due to the separation, though I do likely feel the backing track is mixed higher in stereo. Let's hear a bit of the intro going to the body in stereo first and then again in mono with less of a dynamic shift and I'll base these off the same volume of the intro, not the body so you can feel that shift even more. And then we'll move to a section of the track with both the lead and backing vocals in, so you can get a feel of how this panning makes the difference on these. Let's of course hear that intro first in mono. And again, in stereo. for the vocal mixing difference as I said. Let's start this time in the better in my opinion sounding mono and then again in stereo. And again in stereo. And then at the fade, the mono is, of course, longer. Let's start with the stereo. Ooh. 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 
Monet. Our next two tracks have pretty minimal differences between the two. The first of these is All Our Yesterdays, and overall all we get is a longer fade in stereo. Of course I like to compare the body of the track as well, so let's hear a little section of this, first in mono and then in stereo. Into stereo. And then of course, the longer fade in stereo, just as promised, starting naturally with the mono. Stereo. The next track, Talk To You, for me is pretty close between the two mixes as it's a pretty raw and basic track. Let's just compare the body, shall we? Starting with the mono and moving into the stereo. Into stereo. So many people trying to stop me getting For our last three tracks, we get a few more differences coming up, the first of these being Show Me The Way. Now before the band kicks in, the drums fade up a hair earlier in stereo. You hear this kind of shimmering sound that they perform in the verses later on, but it was obviously originally performed in that first verse, but then decided to mute it for dynamic effect. Let's hear that transition first in mono, and then again in stereo, where you get just a little more of it. And again, in stereo. It's also worth noting that the drums in the main body appear louder in stereo. Again, it could be due to compression and separation, but it's certainly one I felt I should make a note of. Let's hear it first in mono and then pop them out in stereo. Into stereo. And at the end, we get a little extra decay in stereo, starting with the mono. Stereo. Second to last on the album is Up the Wooden Hills to Bedfordshire, the only Ian McLagan original on the album. And here, the vocal generally feels wetter in the mono mix when compared with the stereo. It's also worth noting while we're comparing this that the mono generally feels more compressed as the stereo breathes a lot more and the mono is more claustrophobic, maybe adding to the already slightly claustrophobic vibe of the song, although I can certainly understand why some might prefer the more audiophile stereo. Let's start with the mono and move into the stereo and remember to look for that dry vocal in stereo. The day 
And here, the fade starts earlier in stereo, but both end at the same time. This might mean that the stereo is a little bit more natural or interesting, but the mono is probably the one that was intended to be used. Let's hear it first in stereo, and then again in mono, where that fade starts later. And again, in mono. And with that, we've reached the closing track, Eddie's Dreaming. This is a bit more of a almost Toy Town psych type tune. There's nothing overtly psychedelic about it, but it's more like a dreamscape, shall we say, with those bongos and just that general upbeat vibe, especially aided by the horns. And here, the backing vocals in the chorus, I think it only appears once, are definitely softer in stereo when compared with the very upfront mono. Let's hear them first in stereo and then we'll move into the mono. Into mono. And then at the end, the fade occurs earlier in mono, but then it continues on for a little while at a very low volume, which is an interesting touch, I suppose. The stereo, however, has a much more normal fade and lasts just a little bit longer than the mono does, even at that low volume. This then is followed up by a final chatter section in both mixes. This fades up and down earlier and later in stereo, so we get a little bit more at the start and a little bit more at the end. Let's hear that whole thing first in stereo and then again in mono. And again, in mono. Okay. 
And with that, we completed our look at this 1967 self-titled album by Small Faces. I absolutely love this album, and taking a look at the mix differences here shows that the stereo is still pretty decent, but to me the mono really adds the extra punch that the album needs, and on certain tracks such as Get Yourself Together and Green Circles, the mono is utterly essential in my eyes. Of course, as I said, the US version is utterly essential with non-album tracks such as Ichiku Park and I'm Only Dreaming, which I've looked at over on the Patreon and Mixology on 45, being utterly essential small faces cuts, and it's great to have them in an album context. As I mentioned the Patreon there, I wanted to shout out my newest patron and say a huge thank you to Andreas Nyberg, who signed up recently, at the time of recording anyway, and... Of course, a huge shout out to all of my patrons, your support really does mean the world to me. And if you too are interested in supporting the show and getting loads more mixology content, you can do so by signing up at patreon.com forward slash back to mono. And you can find a link to that down in the show notes. This week's Mixology on 45 episode is going to be looking at the David McWilliams single Days of Pearly Spencer backed with Harlem Lady and there's some nice little differences there, especially in a mono mix that has not been issued since 1967. Outside of that though, of course, you can write into the show at backtomonoradio at gmail.com. There's also a Facebook group which is linked again down in the show notes and you can also find me on Instagram at hypnoticfred. But with all that out of the way, I obviously want to say a huge thank you just for listening to the show, and I hope you've enjoyed yourself today. And of course, remember, whoever you are, and wherever you are, have a great, great day. Green circles, green circles.